Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, we'll, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. That would be the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, I was reading a blog posting on the shrinking household size. I don't know if you've heard this data. It's been out and about, and I've heard it in various places about how we as a country are shrinking in household size. Well, uh, the blog poster on this one is actually uh, focused on the Census Bureau data from 2012, and it's from America's Families and Living Arrangements. And what they're saying is the household size isn't actually shrinking. Actually, there's only one segment of the American population that's seen some shrinkage. Shrinkage, even a word. I don't know. I like the, I like it anyway. So according to this blogger, um, the, average, the average household size fell to a record low in 2012. And actually, what it's showing is that it fell because of the aging population in general and that Gen X, which is, as we know, it's a very large demographic, is moving into what they're calling the crowded nest life stage. So the average size of households fell um, between the ages of 30 to 34-year-olds, if you can believe that, 30 to 34. That size actually fell, but it increased in the 40 to 44 age group. Now, the first thing I thought is, hmm, are the 40 to 44-year-olds experiencing boomerang kids? You know, kids that never leave. They actually leave for a minute and they come back and they stay forever. Well, according to the Census Bureau, that that may play a little bit into it, but not actually significant enough to impact average household size. Now, the other thing that was interesting to me is it is in those people ages 65 and over, average household size is less than two. Probably not too shocking to most of us, but I still thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I don't know if you know this, but household size actually peaks between the ages of 35 to 44, and that makes sense. As you know, people put off having kids, they tend to have them later now more than ever, um, and then by the time they finally leave, you're in, well into your 40s, if not into your 50s, so that's to make a ton of sense. So anyway, just know it's kind of a misnomer when you hear about the shrinking household size, not necessarily the case. It definitely is the case with 30 to 34-year-olds, but the rest of us, not so much. So our first profile today are those Gucci girls. They're the single women in their late 20s, early 30s. They have a little bit higher income, very fashion conscious. Nearly 2 million of these women out there, median age of 29, college grad, single, and employed full-time. And, of course, they don't have any kids. 
They're ranking in around uh, $90,000 a year, and they are living in a condo or an apartment, typically in an urban area. Now, these women, as you would imagine, keep up with fashion, and they really watch the fashion magazines to help determine the clothes that they buy. They do switch out with the seasons, and they change it up just for fun. They love variety and style. They experiment. They buy things for novelty. And among their uh, peer set, they really are the first to try new styles. They love to go out and just shop for the fun of it, even if they don't actually buy anything. And it's all about making a statement, whether it's their clothing or even the car that they drive. They consider themselves very ambitious and driven by money. Um, They want to get to the very top of their career, and they would love at some point to set up their own business. When it comes to brands, they're willing to try a lot of different brands. They're not particularly loyal, and they do their way to find new stores, and coupons will actually get them into stores where they don't typically shop, so that's good to know as well. So where are they shopping? Nordstrom's and Eman Marcus are two big ones. They're driving Infinity and, and Mercedes and Nissans. And for designers, of course, they're Gucci girls, so they shop Gucci. And Kenneth Cole and Calvin Klein and Chanel are their top picks. So when it comes to media, what are they reading and watching? Well, Cosmo, Glamour, L and Shape are all big, as well as Vogue itself. Uh, on cable, they're watching E! and HGTV, TLC are big ones as well. And on online, they're on a lot of um, social networking groups, um, part of uh, going on to eBay looking for those deals. And because they're single, you know, they're on to those dating sites as well, also very big. USA Today is a big one for them um, when it comes to information and trying to keep up with what's, what's going on on a daily basis. Well, joining me today is someone who certainly keeps an eye to what's going on, no matter the discipline. And in fact, I would say that she's probably a little bit of discipline agnostic. Gretel Going um, co-founded Channel V Media back in 2008. And really, it's all, it covers all communication and technology channels and to the point of trying to extend the reach with compelling information that reaches consumers. Uh, specifically, she leads Channel V Media's um, evolution and growth initiatives, um, lead generation, mobile, website, and content strategies, both for the agency's B2B and B2C clients. Now, there's something in her bio that I found fascinating way back in the day. She actually worked in production at the Jerry Springer Show. We actually have Jerry Springer in common. I'm going to talk about that when we, uh, she comes back up in the show. And I also found it fascinating that she holds a BAS in neuroscience psychology as well. So Gretel will be a fascinating interview. Stick around. More from her when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com 
Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com. It's good to be king. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS, text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly with the Internet Law Center, host of Cyber Law and Business Report, wishing you all a happy holiday and happy and safe new year. And remember, you don't need a lawyer to tell you, don't drink and drive. From all of us to all of you, WebmasterRadio.fm, wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. Purse Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And welcome back. Joining me today is Gretel Going. Gretel actually co-founded Channel V Media back in 2008, where she is also a partner overseeing lead gen, mobile website, and content strategies for B2B and B2C clients. And I'm excited to have her on the program today. Gretel, welcome. Thanks, Maria. Glad to be here. Well, first, I have to tell you that I was thrilled to see that you worked in production at the Jerry Springer Show. That had to be a circus. Yes, and it's so funny that you said that you used to work there, too. Well, what's funny is I didn't actually work at the Springer Show, but I worked in the same building. I actually worked at WMAQ-TV, and Jerry Springer was upstairs, and I'll never forget it. I would walk into work. This was back in the 90s when he was all the rage, and I would walk into work, and there would be this huge line of people, and I would, and they would but all look very interesting. And I would try to guess what the topic of his show was on any given day. Anyway, it was it was a complete hoot, and I am sure that you probably really enjoyed your time there. I did. It was actually short-lived. I actually got fired from a pre-internship. <laughs> um, but uh, it was good. It was fun, and I got to hang out with those people out on the town. I took the guests out on the town. That was my job there. Wow. That was pretty interesting. Hey, if you can handle the Jerry Springer show, you can handle anything. That's for sure. And and I'm sure it prepared you well for Channel V Media. Um, You founded that, what, just five short years ago. Tell us what you do there. 
Um, yeah, we founded it back in 2008 right as the recession was starting, which actually turned out to be good timing, although, if you know, I was putting together a business plan, which we didn't, um, and, you know, doing projections, we would have never started that time, so I'm glad that we were totally ill-prepared because uh, we were very lucky. Um, we do, in terms of services, we do a ton of mark, uh, PR, web and mobile development, content strategies, social, um, but really what we do is we like to um, talk about the outcomes that we produce, and it's basically we create awareness for our clients. Um, they come to us and they say, we want to be the industry leader in this particular industry. Here's what we do. And if their product's good enough, we can basically take, you know, some mix of all of our different services and help them get out onto people's radar. Yeah, well, and you're right about sometimes it's good not knowing what you're getting into. You know, 2008, right as the economy is about to drop out, you know, that that's, could be challenging, but clearly you felt the need to pursue your dreams back in 2008. And I'm curious, what do you think has really led to you having so much success in such amount of time, relatively speaking? Um, so really... My business partner, Kate, and I were working at the same agency at that point, and it was a PR agency, and, you know, we both kind of had an editorial and a media background, and we saw, you know, blogs, obviously, it's not like they were just beginning, but they were really getting mainstream traction at that point, and, you know, at our agency, they kept on kind of ducking and waiting for blogs and social media to kind of go away. And we saw this as, like, a very obvious way to, you know, get more traction for our clients, but our agency didn't really want anything to do with it at the point that point. So um, we branched off. We started Channel B Media, which was going to capitalize on not just social media, but building people's online presences and putting them in the best position to capitalize upon PR. Um, so that's how we kind of turned into this multi um, I guess multi-services agency, mm -hmm. multidisciplinary agency right away is basically just kind of reading the tea leaves and what's going on there rather than just doing what we want to do. Mm -hmm. So it just happened to be 2008 where, you know, clients had started saying, you know, like, can you handle my social media? Can you set me up? Or, you know, complaining like, hey, I got in the Wall Street Journal, um, but no one's buying anything for me, so PR doesn't work. You know, it was kind of like we have to bridge the gap. Like, you got in the Wall Street Journal. The reason you didn't have success from that is because your online presence sucks and no one knows mm -hmm. what to do next. So that's kind of where it all, um, mm -hmm. how it all kind of came to be. Yeah, so you were kind of the glue that, that pulled all of those, what it seemed to be disparate um, disciplines together. And you really were ahead of it because, a lot of agencies are talking about what I call the I world word these days, integration, which is whether you're a PR agency or an ad agency or even a digital agency, you're looking at how you can provide that wide range of services. And clearly, you figured that out back in 2008. But I am curious, how do you decide what discipline leads when you go to solve this client problems? Because Clearly, there's got to be something driving the strategy, even if you utilize all of those tools. Yeah, I mean, for us, it, it totally depends on the client. A lot of times, the client will come to us and they say, we need PR or we need a website. Um, so we'll kind of start with the, the client's lead. Wherever they start off, we'll say, okay, why do you want PR? 
will figure out what their objectives are. A lot of times it's true they do need PR, but they might need a new website too because, again, you know, we get them in the Wall Street Journal, people come to their site, they bounce, and then they think that PR doesn't work and we're not doing our job. Um, so we try to prepare them beforehand, you know, let's do PR, but let's also make it so once you get all of this new traffic, um, you're going to be able to keep it and convert it into sales. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we try to start with what the client's talking about. There are there are rare cases where, you know, they'll come in for a website, but what they really need is social. Um, so we just try to, we kind of act as consultants, and a lot of times we'll end up giving them a strategy before they get, you know, they have a contract with us. Um, but I think where we benefit in terms of integration and integrated agencies, uh, where we benefit our clients is that we do everything in-house and we can act as like a very tightly controlled agency for them so they don't have to have a bunch of disparate agencies. Mm-hmm. Well, and you mentioned social and it is something that changes every day. I mean, I feel like it's hard to keep up, frankly. A new way to engage consumers is popping up every week. I'm curious what tools you're working with right now that you feel are doing a really good job of creating that level of engagement that brands are really seeking to connect uh, consumers with? So it's funny because I know um, a a lot of clients come to us and they want to try, you know, they'll throw out the name of some really cool um, new technology or new social media platform out there, but we always come back to, you know, the more, the more popular ones, so Twitter and Facebook and blogging and Pinterest and maybe Instagram, you know, whatever makes sense to them. And they're thinking, yeah, but there's these ones that they're new and shiny and sparkly. And we're <laughs> thinking, but, yeah, Facebook and Twitter have millions of users and your goal is awareness. So those are really the ones we focus on. Once they've hit critical mass, they do usually make sense for us. Unless our client's objective is to prove that they are cutting edge users of social media, um, you know, we don't need to use those ones. Um, You know, we poke around with them on our free time, but not on our client's time. Um, And I think blogging, I don't know if I mentioned that to us, that's, always going to be a go-to social media platform, um, even though the kind of posts that are popular will evolve, you know, from five years ago, these really, really long, thoughtful exposés almost announced, you know, picture posts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am curious what you think the next big thing is. You know, I, I know we get asked all the time, what's the next Facebook or what's the next Pinterest? And clients want to be one step ahead of that. What, what are you keeping your eyes on these days? <laughs> I I've been saying it probably five years or my whole life, but I always <laughs> think the best the best or the next best thing is always doing your own thing. And mm-hmm. ultimately, our goal with all of our clients are to get people back to their sites and for their sites or their platforms to be the destination. So whatever the next big thing is, you know, for the masses, that's how we're going to go and bait new audiences for them. But in terms of what's the next big thing for our clients, it's we hope it's their own site and getting people to come to them. Yeah, well, and that, you know, getting people to come to them and then converting them, right? I mean, I'm sure you probably deal with conversion a lot. How do you, as you said before, how do you get it to be a sale? Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on the client. If you have a professional services client, you're really selling your, your thought leadership. So we use content for that, and we try to generate leads for them through content. If you have a consumer product, 
I mean, there's a, a million different, you know, ways to personalize users' experiences on their site, try to get them to buy more than what they originally came for, um, try to get them to engage with your content, try to get them to return. Those are all things that we would focus on in advance of launching the campaign on mm-hmm. their websites. Um, yeah, just to make sure that not only do we drive traffic there, but something actually happens once the traffic arrives. That's right. That's that's the gold everybody's seeking, I think. Well, and doing your own thing, doing your own thing on your own site. I, I mean, that, that's that's great. And if people could do that, that I mean, we'd all be in doing great business. But I am curious. Are there things that you are kind of leading your clients away from, maybe these these tools that are on the decline? And one thing that I think has been debated for a while now is whether Twitter has peaked or if we think it's going to change into something else. I'm just curious what you think about Twitter and if there are any, any if you think it's on the decline or if you think it's holding its own or if you think there's any other kinds of things out there that maybe aren't as great as they once were. I think uh, I think the reason people think Twitter has peaked is because it's annoying and there's so many people on it and there's just no barrier to entry, which is exactly why it got popular. Um, and also, it's not a mystery to people anymore. They know how to use it. They've kind of mastered it, and so they want the next big thing. I think that eventually all of these sites are going to play themselves out, but I don't think Twitter is going anywhere in the next you know couple of years. Um, I think, you know, some of the early adopters will and already have started leaving Twitter um, just as they started leaving leaving Facebook, but people have become so kind of addicted to these modes of communication and conversation that I just don't see it going anywhere unless there's something that is just really, really, really competitive and on the next level that replaces it. Until there's a replacement, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's around for a while, and we'll continue to use it because it's a form of communication. But there's other ways to achieve probably some a little bit better um, business metrics than Twitter. That's at least my two cents. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to take a quick break, Gretel, and when we come back, I do want to talk to you about content, branded content, and design. So more from Gretel going when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. First strings. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 11th Annual Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2013. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry today into the Web Marketing Association's 11th Annual IAC Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. 
Gain a competitive advantage today with SearchMetrics.com. That's SearchMetrics.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Happy Holidays. Whoa. Happy Holidays. Whoa. That's about the best singing we've ever done on the show. Yeah, when I don't say words, it really comes out great. Yeah, we're Michael, Neil, and Laura. off the LinkedIn Rockstars. Yes, Happy Holidays, everybody. We've, we've so much enjoyed being in front of you and being part of your lives, I hope. Yeah, and I hope you listen to the show. Hope you enjoy it, and Happy Holidays. From all of us to all of you, WebmasterRadio.fm, wishing you Happy Holidays and a prosperous new year. Purse Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. I've been talking today with Gretel Going. She's the co-founder and a partner at Channel Media. And we've been talking a lot about, really, integration and how Channel uh, V early on figured out that, you know, you need to bring all disciplines together to solve, you know, client client problems and you and you really need to be kind of solution agnostic. And so I'm just curious about this trend around content, Gretel. It seems like consumer generated content is really being coveted by many brands. They're doing everything they can to get consumers to participate in the conversation. I'm curious how you light a fire in consumers to get them to participate in a really big way. Um, there are a few ways, and I'm kind of a purist when it comes to this. I mean, there are kind of some icky, contrived ways, like posting questions on social media, and, you know, people feel obligated to answer because they've been asked a question. I mean, and that's not totally contrived or icky, but it's not one of my favorites. My favorite way, which is the hardest way, is to help people get what they want, and they're going to help you get what they want. So if your product is legitimately solving a problem for people, then they are going to want to align with you. They are going to unprompted give you their thoughts and give you good material to work with. Um, one brand I've been looking at a lot lately, just, just admiring from afar, um, is Spanx. You have all these celebrities, all of these um, consumers on social media just singing its praises, not because they've been asked to, but because Spanx solves a problem for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that as a purist, that's always going to be my advice. Of course, as a marketer, um, we don't always have control over our clients' products. So if they have a product that's just hit the market or you know, consumers don't really understand the value of um, just yet, you know, you are going to have to go and go onto social media or put content out there, get PR coverage that first explains the value, and then you can start relying on consumers to, you know, start generating content around it or, you know, talking about it or doing whatever you want them to do. 
I am curious about branded content. So companies that are out there putting out their own content. What are some words of warning, if you have any, um, to companies who are kind of pushing out that content via YouTube, their own sites, Facebook, et cetera? What should ultimately be the goal with that branded content? Um, I think really the goal for any content, whether it's branded or not, is either going to be to entertain or educate um, a lot of companies, and we talk to clients about this all the time. Um, they just want to put something out there that feels a little bit more salesy or like an advertisement and then slap their logo on it and call it branded content. And I always ask them, who is watching this? Is this human beings or is this robots? You know, these are complex people who have emotions and feelings. You should tap into those. And you should focus on your promise and try to appeal to them on an emotional level rather than just, you know, putting together something that's just very forced and scripted. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I think that's really the challenge. And it's not a challenge in life, it's just a challenge when people put on their corporate hats or their brand hats. They start thinking in this very weird artificial way that does not translate to content. So I think we need to put on kind of their human being caps before creating any content. (laughs) Yeah, and kind of running it through their own, as you said, human being filter. Does this really hold water? Is this authentic? You know, does this sound real? Would I want to watch this? Yeah, but I yeah exactly. Is this something I would want to watch or I would want to pass along to a friend? And you're right. I think a lot of us end up drinking the Kool Aid, and um, I guess that's where agencies come into play, right? You, you know, it could be such a a filter for that. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you you'd probably do a lot of that, right? Pushing back on clients who have drunk the Kool Aid, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, sometimes your hands are held, or your hands are tied, rather, so um, sometimes you have to do it, but I I push back pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, well, good for you. Keep keep fighting the good fight. I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts around design, because I do, I've seen so many brands cut through the clutter with just great design. Do you feel like consumers, when it comes to what their wants and needs are, do you feel like they're just looking for the information, or is it just critical these days that you it all has to come in a great-looking package? Um, I, think, I think packaging is really, really, really important. I don't think you need great design, although, of course, we like great design. Um, but, you know, consumers won't always tell you if they took a survey, um, yes, I will only look at content if it's gorgeous. Um, but I think subconsciously they're going to be drawn to it. Um, packaging... Packaging as a whole, I mean, it's so important. It's not just physical packaging. It's, um, you know, professional services companies. They can package themselves in, you know, just their general positioning. Um, And that's really the only way these products or these companies are going to be able to differentiate themselves because essentially they, a lot of them do the exact same thing. So Mm -hmm. anything that can make them stand apart, whether it's design or it's a cool tone or a, a, you know, creating a brand you want to align with, those things are so crucial because there are not that many unique products or companies out there that do this one thing that no one else can do. So mm-hmm. if desi- I mean, design is easy. You know, you find someone who's good at it and you hire them. You have to hire the person who's bad at, a, at it, so why not just pay the person who's good at it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen so many 
you know, what would be probably considered Me Too brands that have broken through the clutter with just really great design or really great packaging or even just um, kind of cool placement on shelves, you know, and it, it, I think consumers like a little bit of eye candy. And if it's something that's going to sit out in your home, I think that, you know, it's, it's something that, that consumers are attracted to. So I think you're right. Um, unfortunately, we're running out of time, but before we part ways, I am curious what trends you're keeping a close eye on. Now that we're wrapping up 2012 and we're pretty quickly going to roll into 2013. Um, of course, I have one of my annoying answers that I'm not <laughs> looking at trends because I think that once a trend becomes a trend, it's kind of old news. So I'm kind of looking at the people and the brands that are doing new things that are kind of bunking the trends or moving ahead of them or setting them. Um, but I can say that, you know, some some actual trends that I'm looking at in 2013, obviously mobile is going to keep growing even, and people are kind of diversifying and finally, you know, not trying to accomplish too much on one app or one site. So um, we do a lot there. Um, personalization is huge. Just any way to personalize a, a customer's experience is huge. Um, and I think just, you know, becoming your own media, that's still a trend and that's going to continue to be a trend. Well, there's so many things that I think um, develop every day that if you're keeping a close eye on things, maybe you can leverage and or anticipate that it's going to um, get big and then get on the front end of that. Um, so I agree somewhat in that if it's a if it's already out there in the world, it may be overexposed. But I think there are things that bubble to the top and you, you look at those and you go, oh, I don't know, is that going to be the next big thing or not? So, so yeah, we have to pay attention to it, no doubt. Yeah, before you know it, it becomes the next Pinterest. Anyway, yep. uh, Gretel, thanks for being on the program. I'd love to drive people to your website, channelvmedia.com. Is that the best place for them to get more information on you? Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Awesome. Well, Gretel, going. thanks for being on. Thanks to George, my producer, for another solid show here in December. And please join me right here for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.